And welcome back to Glitter Budget with your hosts, Anjanette. And Jess. And in today's episode, we're starting our Robin Williams funny movie series. Fuck yeah. Uh, so super excited for our first one. It's The Birdcage. The, uh, the best. The best of the best. I think it's uh, a movie that I can watch start to finish like se- several times a year. Like, yeah. or if it comes, if I, for whatever reason, if I'm watching regular TV, which I rarely do, but if I do see it, I'll stop and watch it. Yes. I think, you know, we got to start this new year off with a big bang, with something that's going to make you laugh and just enjoy. And then we came up with the birdcage. Yeah. And like, we were like, man, let's do Robin Williams movies. And for whatever reason, we came up, we were like, oh yeah, this one's good. 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 How do we narrow it down? And I was like, I feel like we're missing something. Yeah. So I was looking at all of his movies and I was like, the fucking birdcage. How did I forget this one? We both had to uh, flog ourselves. Yes. I feel like it's one of those things that when you, situations where you study for a test, you know, inside and out, you go to take the test and you're like, I don't fucking know anything. I at least know my name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, so birdcage directed by Mike Nichols. And it was came out in 1996, written by Jean Poiré. She wrote the play, or he wrote the play, Jean Poiré. I don't know. Oh, it must be Jean. Yeah. Because it is based off of a French farce, La Cage à Faux. The screenplays were written. There was an earlier screenplay, and then the one that the movie was actually based off of. The earlier screenplay was written by Francis Weber. Edouard Molinaro, Marcelo Dannon, and Jean Poy, and then the later screenplay written by Elaine May, which is give me a regular American name <laughs> <laughs> that I can pronounce. You oh, did good. You did I, good. I tried. I had to go back to my uh, my high school French days, and I just can guarantee that anyone who speaks French fluently hears that, and they're like, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so starring Robin Williams. Gene Hackman, Nathan Lane, Diane Wiest, Dan Futterman, Callista Flockhart, Hank Azaria, Christine Baranski, Tom McGowan, Grant Heslov, and several other smaller roles. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the rest of you guys. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha. But um, anyways, this was like the breakout movie for Nathan Lane, who yeah. mostly did uh, Broadway stuff before this. And his role um, was originally supposed to be played by Robin Williams, and Steve Martin was supposed to play Armand. I can't. I can't imagine. No, it would be. It would have been such a different movie. I can't picture that at all. And I'm really glad it didn't go down that way. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, Like it's just. I think trying to imagine it not with Nathan Lane and Robin Williams is just. No, their chemistry was so good together. Yeah, so good. And like this this is one of the um I think the only bro- like it was like a blockbuster breakout movie that did very very well that had an openly gay character and it was the only movie up until Bruno that came out in 2009. Oh yeah, you are correct. Which is ridiculous. To think of like like, you would think of all these movies that have gay characters, but they're not, like, the leading characters, and they're not, like, openly gay, like... Or big blockbuster hits. Yeah. But, yeah, so that was 
both lead characters pretty much. And I think this, I mean, Nathan Lane's obviously like very openly gay now as an actor, mm-hmm. but then like filming this movie, he wasn't. Yeah. Which I can't like, I just, that just blows my mind. Yeah. But I guess for, you know, I hate to say it, but signs of the times when it was filmed, you know what I mean? Like that was mm. definitely still a taboo area, you know? I mean, it could make a break a career if you yeah. came out as gay or lesbian, so... Yeah, like this was back in, like I said, came out in 96. And even back then, like with, I, I always reference Buffy, but with Buffy and having um, that, like, an open, openly lesbian couple, that was unheard of. Yeah. And Will and Grace was also in the late 90s. I did, and that, and that was did so well, though. Yeah. But it was just, like, kind of unheard of. And. It, like unprecedented and you were just like I, I, I can't believe it. but now you're like th- it's just their movies completely like it's it's rare to find a show or a movie without a gay or lesbian or any kind of character like that now yeah which is nice mm-hmm. and more true to life yes but i don't know i fucking like you said from start to finish this movie <laughs> is absolute gold like i was re-watching it for the umpteenth time yesterday laughing hysterically and it's like saying like i don't know (laughs) i don't know where i was mentally or maybe i wasn't actually in the room but like when (laughs) the son's new in-laws actually come over and was that i think um armand was coming back from the kitchen and it's just it just walks into just i mean i know you can't like actually legally kill an abortion doctor but i'm like holy shit how have I, like, not seen them? And then just the response of just, like, you know, I just kill the, just start, just get it where it starts. Just kill the mother. No, let thinking. the baby sing. Go down with the shit. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, it's one of those things is, like, you know, the senator, like, Gene Hackman's character is kind of, like, taking it seriously. But, like, Albert's character is definitely saying it just to be a, a dick. Yeah. And, like, very sarcastic of just, like, well, kill the doctors. Might as well just kill the moms, too. Fuck it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> And Gene Hackman's character's like, yeah, oh my god, great point. Like, she, <laughs> solid. solid. Solid logic. There you go, logic. I was like, it's not advice, kind of advice. I guess he would take it as advice. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that that works. We'll work on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and just like their comments about gays in the military, just like Alexander the Great. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know why more people don't scream from the roof, rooftops about this movie all the time. It's just it's so funny. I say more often than I should, and completely out of context, I pierce the toast! <laughs> scream it. I was like, so, I think we've we've talked about before, like, how I obviously make no sense, but, you know, my feet are always cold, like, right now, despite the fact that it's warm in here and I have socks on, they're, like, fucking icicles. I hate wearing shoes, and I hate wearing socks. So I always reference just like the shoes, they make me fall down. Yeah. I would say that a lot at in pole when I was wearing like yeah. the <laughs> the platform shoes. Is the shoes. They make me fall down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Come on, Gloria. Hank Azaria's character is oh. like one of my favorites. Agador Spartacus. Yes. Oh Jesus Christ. He wasn't supposed to be in the movie that much, was he? I think it was supposed to be much smaller. He was two roles combined. It was he was supposed to be Albert's like dresser, 
Oh yeah. And then um David Allen Greer from Frasier was supposed to be uh the butler. And then they ended up combining the two characters into what it like Agador Spartacus, Spartacus character, yeah, which played is by brilliant Hank Azario, who's like he based that his voice off of. He later realized he based the voice off for Agador off of his grandmother. This is adorable. I, it's just, it's so funny. Oh my god! I just, I don't know. I just love the whole concept of it of you know taking a very happy family, but that's you know very openly gay, and you, know, you run a drag club that's very successful, <clears throat> and just you know. Ham getting married, Dad, which they were pissed to begin with because he's, you know, their son's only 20. I was like, you know, you're so young. Why are you throwing your life away with just one bitch? Like, get out yeah. there, you know. So some oats, whatever. And then to find out, like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, it's the daughter of an extremely conservative family. And they're coming down for dinner, by the way. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I think, talk about oil and water. <laughs> like... Val's character and the shit that he does pisses me every time I watch it. Oh, like, yeah. Val, you ungrateful son of a bitch. Like, in in movie land, it's very funny. The context is very funny. But when you think about, like, you try to apply that to real life circumstances, like what Val was asking them to do. Yeah, it's just is, awful. Is awful. Literally change everything about yourself so that you can be presentable to someone that, like you shouldn't have to give two shits about like I know it's kind of like what well, they're doing the traditional thing where like he wants their blessing to get married and he wants the the two in-laws to two sets oh, of in-laws to like get along and everything like that but like it's like thinking about it now like and again it's it's a fucking movie but like longevity wise they're gonna meet once and never meet again. You're yeah, just gonna keep up the charade forever, charade forever. Like what? Yeah, it's not, not sustainable. It is is absolutely not like you can't you can't can't keep that up because yeah. then they like never would have to they'd never be able to go to like Armand's place right ever again they would have to like go up to wherever the hell they were from because they had to travel down to Florida. It was Ohio, somewhere in the western state. Okay, yeah. So, but they had to travel quite a ways. And what's funny is that, so Gene Hackman plays the conservative senator, Senator Keeley, and his, I guess his running mate or his, um, it was, I don't think it was his running mate. I think it was whoever was on that, that, uh, council that he was on for like moral, yeah, conservative for moral grounds or some shit. Yeah. It was like some kind of whatever, but his his partner with that uh was found he i think he well he died right yeah, he died of like a heart attack but in the middle of basically having sex with an, an underage, underage prostitute, prostitute who they had to bring up as well that she was black and somehow that made it even worse like rewatching it too and again like don't know how i picked up on this stuff like i think i was just so enamored with just Robin Williams and Nathan Lane's character and he gets it like I don't think I paid attention to anything else. Yeah. You were just watching the funny men do their funny thing. Yeah. And just the love between it and and as well, like always I did get pissed too. Like the stuff that Val was asking for was mm-hmm. just kind of it was it was shitty. Um I really don't think I really paid attention very much to like Gene Hackman's character and just the shit that he says. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. You're so racist. Yeah. Like they had to change her last name so it wasn't Jewish. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it's, it's just funny. It's funny, but it's not funny. Yeah, it's funny how much they had to change. Not like I guess to kind of do some kind of satire on his character. Of, yeah. Like, you have to change so many things in order to be presentable to this one fucking guy. And then, luckily, by the end of the movie, he is in drag sneaking out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just love, too, like how not only is he in drag sneaking out, cause because of the scandal with his partner on like this board of moral whatever the hell, like the press is up his ass. Mm-hmm. up his ass at a point where like he's sneaking out of his house they didn't want to go to the airport to go down to florida so they drive down like the whole nine so you know they eventually find out that they're at they're doing dinner above you know the club so it's a very famous a... gay nightclub well drag club yeah. like the in Bird that area the, the south bay the south beach area which was known by a lot of people that that's where it's it's where the gays are. Yeah. And that's where, like, all these women who are scantily clad and they have all these So many thongs. So many, like, the thong bikinis. Yeah. Oh, man. Banana hammocks. Yeah. So many nice booties, though. Did yeah. You oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like, well, when they, when they moved here, it was all sand, and this just built up around them. Yeah. <laughs> But so they, um, you know, so th- like basically the, the inquirer and a couple other places kind of suspect that he's there. So they're trying to catch him. So it's like, you know, I'm like, we're screwed. Like, I can't, I can't leave. Like, how are we going to get out? And mm-hmm. Nathan Lane's, you know, character Albert is just like, well, there is one way. Mm-hmm. And dresses them all up in drag. But he's like, gets into it to the point where he's just like, I told them not to put me in white. Like, it just makes me look fat. Like, <laughs> and they're trying, like, they finally get out and they're, uh, trying to get to a car to leave and his driver was there waiting for them to come out so his driver obviously doesn't know that he's supposed to be in drag um so gene hackman's character is saying to the driver like oh meet me meet me over here blah 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 and the guy's like fucking no way man <laughs> not not for a million bucks lady <laughs> and now it's just it's just funny but there are so many quotable lines and scenarios and i don't know i feel like i'm very much like an albert oh yeah 100 percent um just exaggerating so dramatic about literally everything has a breakdown over so many things um like he thinks in the beginning of the movie he thinks that armand is cheating on him because there's White wine chilling. Yeah. They don't drink white wine. It's like, I only drink red. And so do you. And it finds out that it's Val, uh, Armand's son, is coming to town and he didn't want Albert freaking out, blah, 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 because it was like big news, but uh, Armand didn't know what it was. And if I. <laughs> Albert was dressed up. In like, uh, I don't even know what the hell that is, but he's like old school stereotypical like hobo outfit where he's got like the blacked out tooth. Oh yeah, and yeah, like yeah. the freckles and everything like that. And he's like, "You're little chippy." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "It's Val. Get over it." And he's like, "Oh, why didn't you tell me?" Like I wanted it to be a surprise. 
I just love though how like he, you know, Albert like refuses to go on stage. <laughs> he's like, just just get him dressed. Just do whatever you have to do to just get him dressed. He's like, come on now. Come on. He's like, all right, we're just gonna just put one foot in. Just and he's completely ignoring everything that he's saying. And it's just like, all right, I'm just gonna put these stockings on you as you're throwing it. To, like it's dressing a toddler. <laughs> Pretty much. They're like, here, you can one for now, like a purin tablets, one for uh, now, yeah. one for later. It's like, what are you giving me? I'm drugs? What the, what the hell are purin tablets? He's ass throwing with the A and the A scraped off. <laughs> oh my God. Genius. I know. <laughs> I just love how he takes like everything in stride. Yeah. Just like does not care. Because well, Agador has to like, he's has to deal with Albert all the time. And he knows how to deal with him. Yeah. And he so desperately wants to be in Armand's show. Oh, can't Armand. handle you're threatened by my Guatemalan hotness. My heat. My, my, my what? And, uh, but, what was I going to say? Oh, Hank Azaria's character. It, he is, at the time, I don't know if they still are, but who knows. At the time was very good friends with Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> and this was also the time that Sling Blade was coming out. So they, both characters have very distinct voices. So they would, the two of them would go around uh, in between like shooting and everything, both of those movies. And they would pretend that they were in a buddy cop movie with the two, those two characters. So like they would just be, and that is hilarious to think of. I'd love to see something like that. Just to be like, just driving down the street and just seeing the the, the, That's the French fried potatoes guy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Shut to him. Like I've never seen Sling Blade, so I I feel I, like I started watching it at one point. And I never finished it. I just I I don't know why I equate Sling Blade with um gonna make you squeal like a pig. What movie is that? Pretty sure that's um the the rape the rape movie. Yeah, with um Burt Reynolds. What movie is oh, it? It's on the tip of my tongue. They got to Montana because it's supposed to be like the last frontier. <laughs> Dueling banjos. Yeah, holy fuck. It'll come to me eventually. Like, like the most inopportune random moment. And she's just going to scream it. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, there's the scene. So like, I guess both Nathan Lane and Robin Williams are famous for improvising all of their lines in every movie that they are in. And uh, Mike Nichols, was he had a deal with them. He's like, okay, we have to get one good take with you actually using this, what's in the script. So one good take with that, and then I'll let you guys run wild. And they're like, all right, deal. <laughs> I don't think they went wild too much with it, though. Um, No, I don't. I mean, to be fair, there is probably a lot of stuff that was improvised like i don't think everything was stuck to the script there was the um the scene where robin williams is like he's trying to get that guy celsius or whatever to like one of my favorite parts you must be fussy 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 and martha graham martha graham martha graham twyla 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 and madonna 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 but you do it all inside yeah so Mike Nichols told him to be like to he's like okay do the do it all inside like he gave Robin Williams that but I guarantee that that scene was oh it, uh, this play again it's one of the pivotal scenes for me that that always stood out like the first time I watched it that stuck with me 
Uh, it's just, I love it. I just love it, that whole scene, though, of just, like, and you could tell the guy is just there for God only fucking knows what reason. Like, he does not give two flying fucks mm-hmm. about being in that show whatsoever. Just it's chewing gum while I'm singing. It helps me think. Sweetie, you're going to need more gum. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, the pithy, sarcastic comments that Albert says during that whole thing. It, oh my god. That <laughs> when Agador comes up, it's like, you might want to come down. He's trying to take the gum out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was Agador. No, it was no, that was the um stage. the helper guy. Yeah, stage kind of kind of stage manager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh and that's when Val tells him about that whole thing. Like they're coming down, like I need you to, you need to change everything. That's where we get the the title of our episode, like Armand is telling him, like, you know, yes, I'm a middle-aged fag, but at least I know who I am. Took me 20 years to get here. Yeah, like, and it was a very important lesson, which I think a lot of us take a long time to learn, is, like, you go through all of this, like, a huge journey throughout most of your life, and I don't even know when you really stop, really. Yeah. Like, trying to figure out who you are and how to act accordingly when it comes to that. And uh, Val was trying to tell Armand, like, you know, you used to try to hide who you were. And it's like, that's because she was mean and you were a kid. Like when uh, Val was a, a child, he, Armand pretended to be someone else. Yeah. With uh, like a, a grade school teacher or whatever. It's like, well, you were a kid and she was like a bitch. So I kind of had to, but now you're an adult. I'm more of an adult. Like I, it's, it's taking me so long to get to this place. Like I don't want to have to change anymore. I don't want to have to hide who I am. And uh, I, I know I can definitely relate to that. Like I just want to be whatever the fuck I am. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to try to conform to any kind of one singular thing. And a lot of I think that speak this that speaks to a lot of people. Oh yeah, for sure. But I I think just again signs of the times and particularly to the gay community, you know the L, well the LGBT community. Um, yeah, that's so true. Like, you know, he probably fought so hard to be comfortable with his with himself, with his sexuality, you know, you know, with his relationship with Albert and the whole nine, mm-hmm. you know, is finally happy with who he is in his life and very successful, you know, despite the odds being stacked against him. And then, yeah, like to have your child who you love very much, you know, basically just like, hey, you could being you and the person that I love and, you know, you raised me to be amazing, but like you could ruin this marriage. Yeah. Is just so shitty. Yeah. And like, it just, the this, this stuff that he would ask them to do just kept on getting like worse and worse. And <laughs> all, they have all of the, um, the dancers that would play in the, the shows that they would have down in the club. They were helping to like redecorate the place. Yeah. So they got this huge crucifix. Like, so they were like renting out shit to like put into the apartment. So they got this huge crucifix, like a big moose head. Um, they got Playboy magazines. <laughs> and they're like, you know, this is what the straights have, right? Yeah, that's what and they read. Val's like, don't add, just subtract. They kept adding like a lot. Yeah. Candles. It basically looked like a Catholic church. Yes. And they had like all of these. Um, it looked like old vintage books, but it turned out that they were Nancy Nancy Drew books. <laughs> uh, it was just like, 
was just really a very funny scenario. But when you think about the like real life implications, it's just it's heartbreaking what they had to do. And luckily it worked out in the end. But uh, all the hijinks that go on, like they make so Agador Spartacus. <laughs> he's just like you said, he's kind of a butler, but he's mostly like he helps out with getting dressed and getting ready for shows and stuff like that. So they make him out to be like the butler, the cook, the whatever for when the Keelys come down. So Armand is like, okay, well, Agador, like you have to start getting dinner ready. Yeah. And then he leaves. <laughs> and then Val turns to him. He's like, do you cook? And he's like, he, your father seems to think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he makes what is supposed to be like a sweet and sour peasant soup. And he's like, what do you call a seafood chowder for? And it's just some random ass shit in a bowl. It's like, why is there an egg in this? It's a huevo. <laughs> And they have these bowls that have men fucking around <laughs> the rim of the bowl. So they're trying to, like, fill the bowls with the soup. It's like, so there's they... something on this. Is this Greek? It's Greek, isn't it? Can you go get my glasses? Yeah. But in that scene, so, like, there's chaos with the scene. So they're, they're trying to fill up the bowls so that they don't eat so much and then see what's on the rim of the bowl. So they want to go back and get more food. And that's when they find out that Agador only made that peasant soup he didn't make it he's supposed to act as an entree and everything else and <laughs> robin williams was not supposed to fall in that scene but he did and that's why you could see them trying to hold back laughter because yeah. they just kept going they kept rolling and they were like it just it's so good and but it was i la i i love that part She's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the shrimp. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, if it's one night, I can get through it. Okay, fine. <laughs> and as more and more things pop up of, like, what they have to do, <laughs> Armand is like, we're in hell. And there's a crucifix in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love how just, like, it was just so good. And the chemistry for just everybody was so just perfect. It just got to that point where people couldn't stop laughing on set, especially during the toast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's, I can't think of, like, an, a, another movie that I laugh from, like, start to finish and what will always put me in, like, a good mood. Yeah. Like, it's just gold. Mm. And I like the fact that Robin Williams wanted to try like a more, he didn't want to be as uh, that much of a flamboyant character. Yeah. So that's why he wanted to be, he was originally, like I said, supposed to be Albert, which I think also would have been good as long as it wasn't Steve Martin playing Armand. Yeah. Um, But I like his character, him playing Armand and like the, uh, the scene where uh, originally he was just supposed to get Albert out of the house away because there was no way to like tone down Albert. No. There's no containing him. So the scene where they're trying to like teach Albert how to be quote more masculine. And when he pierces the toast and he's trying to get him to walk like John Wayne, who is like that stereotypical like manly man. And Albert 
walks like John Wayne and Armand is just like, huh? He's like, what? Albert's like, what? No good? He's like, no, I just, I, I didn't realize that John Wayne walked like that. <laughs> and like, he just, <laughs> and it's a very like, it almost, the way he, Albert does it, it looks like a weird kind of Igor walk. It, it does. Yeah. And then you look at footage of John Wayne in these Western movies and you're like, huh. Oh, damn. That really is how he walks. <laughs> oh, oh, Albert, you old so and so. I don't know that just the handshake, just everything. The handshake that you men don't they smear, smear. men smear. Oh, I pierced the toast. So what? You pierced the toast. Throws chunk of it over like the fucking balcony. <laughs> <laughs> When Albert grabs his uh, little toothbrush and he's like, <laughs> Armand's like, how Egyptian. <laughs> but there's like the scene though where he goes after him and they're, they're sitting at the the bus stop. Yeah. And, you know, he just goes over like the paperwork that really he gave Albert like the club and, mm. and everything else. And he's just like, no, like you make me laugh. And so now I have to give up my cemetery plot to go to this shitty cemetery and keep his game <laughs> so i don't have to miss any laughs and it's just oh my god he's like you know whether you kick me out i kick you out i'm living with you and it's your place or it's my place and you're living with me like who gives a shit like yeah as long as we're matter. together and it's just like <clears throat> it was it was just so sweet and like that part just kind of like tugs at my heartstrings but i also love christine baranski's character because she is val's mother like I they look that fucking good at her age. Oh, oh my, my god. god, yeah, Jesus Christ. Those legs. <sighs> Damn, lady. But like she um they had Armand and she had had a tryst back in their theater days. And uh she ended up because she didn't have to raise Val, she ended up being able to like have a very successful um like a, a fitness business business yeah they don't really make it very clear she just she got yeah money. i think she's like it's like some it's like bodybuilding or fitness or whatever but she was able to do that and uh you know armand got val so like so we got a fair trade out of the deal because like you're successful and i have a title like and i'm happy so like we're all we're all good it's just like i'm not very maternal it's like i am and albert's basically a boob yeah i was <laughs> <laughs> practically a breast so. yeah. But um, they were originally supposed, he was trying to get Val's actual mom to play his mom in this whole fucking scenario. And that adds to the hijinks as well. Mm. I don't know. It just leaves it just such a good movie. It's just start to finish. There is no lulls. No. There are lulls, but not lulls. <laughs> if that makes sense. It's easier to understand what that means when you write it out. Yeah. There are a lot of LOLs. But not L U L L But if you want to start the new year off right with us, and especially if you have somehow not seen this movie, if you haven't, for shame, for shame, for shame, I I just ugh, I'm disgusted with you if you haven't. Sorry, that's a little harsh. Yeah, a little bit. But you should watch it. Where can we stream? Said Birdcage. Um, if you have AMC Plus. Um, you can stream it on there. If not, you can rent it on Amazon for like 99 cents. Perfect. I have it on DVD, so I, <laughs> I've worn it out. I, I need to release it on Blu-ray for me. <laughs> but 
Yeah, so check out The Birdcage. We're going to be doing some more Robin Williams movies throughout the rest of January. Our next one will be Jumanji. Jumanji. What year is it? <laughs> uh, it's the good Jumanji. Yeah. Obviously. That's, you know, not Williams. But anyway, so tune in next time for Jumanji. All of our social medias will be linked in the description box down below. If you like our vibe, please like, subscribe, and we'll see you in our next episode. Bye. Bye.